Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. I tried set decoration. Set decoration. Yes, it's a bookcase with, with artefacts on. Would you like me to, to point out and, and, and explain no. what they are? No, the best thing about these, you, you never mention You them. never mention You them. never point out never the point out the things. That just makes it crass. Okay, and it's just it's supposed to sit in the background yeah. and look cool. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And technically, you never put stuff on the shelf that's too low that's, for it to be shown. That's not even in shot. Yeah, no. You've got some work to do on this whole set decoration. I bet it's my effort. Who's the studio manager here? Uh, that'd be me. That'd be you as well, is it? Mm. Yeah. Okay, you're fired. Oh, okay. Hire yourself. As yeah. a producer, you should hire you another studio You need to go to the HR department and tell them I need to be fired. Okay, I'll talk to the... It's actually you, is That's it? That's me. Okay. <laughs> oh, help. I'm making this statement of my own free will. Um, yes. It doesn't quite look as much like a hostage situation anymore. But uh, we're still no, no, teetering. There's, no, there's we're Lego teetering. in the background. It's, it's a bit more fun. Nice Lego set. I'm okay. I'm all right, everyone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, actually, I've got a bit of a problem this week because I've got nothing to talk about. So what have you been doing this week? Bit... <laughs> okay, I'm going to start. Very short show. We'll discuss what you've been up to after right. I, I'm going to talk then. You, bit. Better, you better start and then we'll see. Well, see I haven't talked about the co-op gaming I've been doing for the last couple of Co-op months. gaming? Yeah, because uh, I think the last time I mentioned it, I was playing Halo 1. Okay. Because uh, it being a nice thing to be able to play through co-op games. I've never played a Halo game. I think I may have played ODST a bit, but I don't know. I, I thought you quite liked ODST. Um, as far as I got, I think the discs went a bit. Yeah. It, it was the one with, with most of the cast of Firefly yeah. in it, and I couldn't work out what was going on. It was like weird crossover continuity thing and very confusing. Yeah, uh, so basically um, we finished, well, nearly finished, um, Halo. Okay. So this is your remastered edition that's not the very, very original one, because that's like an Xbox One. Yeah, this one. is the Xbox One version of the Xbox 360 version of the Xbox game. Ex- original Xbox, it was originally, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got to. It's it's great. I think the last thing I moaned about was the library. The library, which is a pretty horrific level. And then we played a bit more, and we got to. What's horrific about the library? You're not allowed to make any noise. You're not allowed out. to make any noise. No, no it, you can't eat eating crisps. No, definitely no eating crisps. Mm. It's very repetitive, and uh, every every corridor looks the same. Just sort of jump scares yeah. or getting lost but, a lot. Yeah. Then we got to the end of um, the game, which is. I'd forgotten. It is a driving level. A, t- a timed oh. driving level down a very, very full corridor. Now that you've gotten quite good at the basic business of first-person shooter combat, here's a car. Uh, and a here's time a ca- limit. Here's a car you've only had to drive in big open spaces up until now. Oh. Now you're going to have to uh, go around sharp corners and zigzag down corridors because at some point there's going to be easy things to get over and some points there's going to be slow things to get over on either side and you have to zigzag around them and... It sounds like a fun aside, but it sounds like it's hugely irritating as a main plot next stage for the I story. I will say that I didn't particularly like it. It's the obligatory vehicle level. That's yeah. the, it's, it's exactly that kind of example that's generated this whole this whole sort of concept of, oh, God, it's a vehicle level. And, you know, the general... I don't know. Is there a move against it, or do we still see this stuff turning up in games constantly? It's, hey, everyone, here's something entirely different. I it don't sort, want of, it sort different. of still happens. Well, don't like it. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what's flying over us at the moment. Well, it's, it's the sort of boss. It's essentially a variant on the boss, the sort of boss dance fight, isn't it? It's, yeah. Here's 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 like thirty or forty hours of here's you learning very, to play a here's game. A very here's pres- a totally different game. Here's a very prescribed thing you have to do, which is probably if you're lucky you get out first time, but you're probably going to have to sort of play it through, learn the ways to go. And, and odds are, if they spent most of their time and money developing a really good first-person shooter, they probably haven't spent a similar amount of time developing a really good driving game. The driving model in Halo is notorious for. <laughs> Being a little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, so you soldered on through that, then, did you? No. Got there? No, you gave no, up. No, we gave up in a half. Oh, I need wow. to go back and finish it. Wow. Uh, and then we decided to move on to Gears of War 2 because, you know, we did Gears of Wars and we did Halo. Oh, Gears of War 2. So we didn't move to Gears of War 2. I'd forgotten the Razor Hail was Gears of War 2. I thought that was <laughs> Gears of War 1. Razor. Razor. How does any life exist or come uh, to exist on a planet where occasionally the hail becomes a very, very sharp I think and I nice vaguely life? remember that bit. And it actually takes place at a sort of building with a courtyard outside. Yeah. And it's a roof that you can sometimes hide behind, uh, but yeah. roof gets destroyed by this thing. How has this building been built? How often does this razor hail happen? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of questions, frankly. And, and, and why isn't it a situation where you can get from, say, the front gate to the front door all undercover? 
just in case, <laughs> you know, it rains. It rains knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the raise hail is ridiculous. That's weird. Mm. Anyway, uh, the rest of the game is all good. Is uh, that not the planet that the, the molten core of is this weird, it's like, emulsion glowing yeah, yeah. glue stuff? <laughs> and there are people living in it who they've never noticed. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Mole men. Gears 2 is really stupid. There's a mole men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you come to explain it to someone, it's really stupid. I, and they're using massive worms to sink cities. Which is that's another thing. Yeah. You got these massive worms underground. Right? I remember the massive worms, which they are basically used to eat out areas under cities, so they collapse down and are destroyed. Mm. These Good. massive worms have to exist <laughs> normally, right? Surely what... there's going to be an awful lot of sh- uh, shrinkage over time. Also, what do they eat when they're not eating cities? Yeah, well, no, it's just the rock underneath them. But also, when you know. They've been there for however long. Are they metabolising that rock, or is there a significant amount of worm dung made of rubble and stuff? In which case, they probably wouldn't get collapse, because the worm dung would buff it up the... I I would would think that the density of the worm dung would be... It's going to be more rougher, uh, more gravelly. A kind of lava, really, I suppose. Sort of rubble slurry. But it would still occupy the same sort of volume. No, Unless think, they're entirely metabolising the rock into energy, yeah. in which case you're talking something in the order of like an atomic bomb going off every twenty feet. I, I they think borrow. that the amount of air it's going to add to the <laughs> rock when it comes out the back, it just you know it's going to be broken up to smaller bits, so it's not going to fit together properly. No. So it's going to be excreting more I, rock it, by volume mm. than it takes in from the yeah. uh, already quite densely packed rock, which is rock. I think we're going to have to spend a lot of time on Wikipedia reconciling all this. Also, how comes something which is capable of going under the ground very, very fast, eating rock, mm. how comes I'm capable to chainsaw my way out through the skin? <laughs> it eats and digests rubble. How comes your little chainsaw can yeah. cut through? Yeah, because mm. yeah, there's that, fam- that quite famous bit in it. Where we're going to need a whole get- separate series, I think, of this. Yeah. Uh, inconsistencies and stupid in Gears of War 2. Make that note. All right. Yeah. Okay. That, that'd be a good yeah. video. That, 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 that sounds clickbaity. <laughs> so yeah, you, 101 things wrong you, with Gears of War 2. You get eaten at one point by the worm. I remember being eaten by the worm when we had a go. Yeah. And then you end up having to go uh, sever the arteries to the heart using your chainsaw. There was a lot of odd surgery. Then you discover there's more hearts. Mm. So you have to go sever those. So where's all the rubble going then? If its internal space well, yeah, was full of it's going organs it's, as well. You, it's going through the body. Mm. And, and you're in the bits where the rubble is going. At one point you have to run away from a couple of buildings. Mm. But yeah, and then you end up cutting your way out again, which is weird. <laughs> it's insane, basically. Yeah. But fun. And there appears to only be one of them. Mm. How do they reproduce? What are they eating for the last several million years? I don't even want to think about rubble worm reproduction frankly that's just horrific i don't think they thought this through no it's an odd game now i come to think about it i don't <laughs> think gears of war is a realistic game series is it as bonkers in three and is there a four there's a four now there's a four, oh, I'm, God, four. I'm just four. so out of touch with it all I, I i installed four it was 70 gig and i thought oh i need to wait for this to install and then <laughs> got distracted before the end of 70 gig <laughs> oh that's terrible so you, you managed to not even make it through the installer for four no crikey that's new look is that you is that your attention deficit technically i've installed it on pc and on xbox so i've installed it twice blimey and still never played it no there's no help for you really there really isn't no so anyway you've managed to cope your way through yeah we finished we're on super stupid insane mode again no Uh, still working up to be able to do stupid stupid insane mode and i don't know how we managed it stupid stupid insane mode is why i never play gears games anymore because i mean i'm vaguely aware that it's a single player game as well but i've never dared try it and i actually own them because i had to co-op with him and and yeah it was just nuts i like him i know but it it sort of scarred me to the point where i I mean i'm vaguely aware i could just put it on normal or easy and play it single player but i'm just terrified of the whole experience so that's what happens when you drag someone into co-op super stupid insane yeah ruined it i'm a terrible friend i really am a terrible friend i'll make you do this every week hello uh yeah uh that has the sad bit with um oh, the sad Dom's bit. wife yeah which is actually really nicely done here it's set up by showing the really tough soldier break first of all and then when you get to his wife it he thinks feels. it's all okay and she's not okay then he shoots her and then he says i do you want to sneak in or shoot stuff and he says i want to shoot stuff and then the scene where you can sneak in becomes a deleted scene on the main <laughs> menu and because video games yeah 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 actually you know in all in all it's a stupid place it is. <clears throat> it is a silly game. Yeah, so we finished uh, Gears of War 2 in the end. Okay, well done. Which is uh, a worthwhile experience. But instead of going on to Gears <clears throat> of War 3, 
or to Halo 2, which we probably should do after the one we're doing, mm. we moved on to Borderlands 2 because we're not still consistent. I like Borderlands 2. I like Very Borderlands 2. It's, well, it's about as bonkers and stupid as Halo and, and Gears, but revels in that. Yes. It, it, it knows it's stupid and, and, and just goes for it. And it's, yeah. it's fantastic because of it. I mean, it's just bonkers all the way through. Yeah, we played our first session, got out of the snow. Mm. I don't like that snow bit. I played that snow bit so many times. Oh, the, well, it's, it's your first level blues, isn't it? Of any yeah. any game you play lots, it's the first level gets more and more repetitive. And as you get into the bits you don't make it to quite as often, that gets more interesting because yeah. you haven't played those There's as much. The zone up out the bank around the thing that you've got to keep going to, yeah. and yeah, which is a nice zone, but it's a bit linear. And yeah, you know, it's good. It picks up. I, I have, of course, remembered something about the guns. Mm. It gives you uh, four billion guns or whatever the number is. Yes, and the weird procedurally generated loot thing very few of the matter <laughs> as usual i found a quite good one early on that's yeah i that, haven't needed to upgrade since. that's been my experience with both the borderlands games every time i play through i get about a third of the way and find a really good gun and don't upgrade for the rest of the remaining two-thirds of the game because the way and i keep movies. looking at guns thinking nope 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 rubbish <laughs> it. no it's still not as good still not as good still not as good yeah oh a sniper shotgun nope <laughs> I was using a sniper shotgun for a while. The shotgun that fires rockets? Oh, no. <laughs> no I'm just going to have a work-a-day tool that does get, that gets the job done. Sniper yeah. rifle, usually, for my, my case. Oh, I um, usually go with Zero. Uh, or I'm, Mordecai in the first one. I'm the commando guy. Ah, with okay. the gun turrets. The turrets. Mm. Yeah, because the gun turrets are cool. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those It's also one of those games which doesn't look bad, even though it's however many years old. And I don't think it's ever going to look that bad. Well, it's that cell, shell, yeah. cell shading thing. That seems I mean, to do it. I'm playing the 360 version on Xbox One, which <clears> is okay. I could be playing the PC version, of course, which will just run in all the resolution. Yeah, yeah, I got the guy for the PC. There's a Xbox One version and PS4 version as well, I think. But um, you wouldn't yeah. expect them to be vastly more improved. At uh, all. Just a bit more. It's the same. So, yeah, it is you might as well just play the PC version. Have you played the pre sequel? I've never got that far. I've got it, I think, but mm. I haven't played it. <laughs> right. It, it's like Gears of War Judgment. It's uh, one of those main series, main series, main series. Let's do a sort of spin off one that's set in the past. Mm. And I think, no, I can't be bothered by that. Well, you, you get so far into a franchise and you're sort of stuck, really. Aren't you? you can keep bashing out more and more installments and get. And of course, each, each one has to be more spectacular than the last. So, you your set pieces and your plot and your premise all have to get bigger and bigger and more and more insane or you can go for a bit of a prequel thing which, which gives you a chance to step back a bit and try something a bit new usually yeah so i don't know <clears throat> not sure i have to get around to the pre-sequel i think um got there yeah no, it's fun i like it it's a really good game it's well, well sort of well designed it does have that incredible quest hubby feel to it where you're running backwards and forwards to exclamation well, that's the modern the modern narrative of uh, yeah. of gaming isn't it it's all it's all sort of de- <clears throat> retrofit derivative from MMOs a lot of it and that's horrible more inspiration people mm. try harder please well, I don't know what else would you want I don't know mm. oh, that's well, I'm not a game designer you see if I was paid to be a game designer I would have reinvented games to be so much better because <laughs> I have great <laughs> faith in my ability uh-huh. but you've never sort of actually consciously applied that ability because you're not well, no. actually a game designer no because if I actually applied it I would no. risk the chance of myself not being as good as I think I am <laughs> and so therefore don't collapse that waveform yeah don't collapse that waveform yeah, and yeah. I'm the best games designer ever and that's how <laughs> all armchair games designing works until tested you are the best game you've not proven that you're not yeah. just read every comment spread it, it all comes from this logic yeah yeah, yeah. it really does so borderlands 2 um how far through are you you're still on the ice bits no we just got the ice bit okay. and we're just trying to get into mm. um sanctuary oh uh, yeah yeah that was one session it's, it picks up from there yeah. once, once you get a bit more a bit more variety and you've got a lot of the side questing stuff to do there's also the challenges as well that's what yeah. picking up yeah. and doing as a just pottering about activity as well doesn't necessarily have to be just a sort of railroad to the end of the story yeah. unlike uh, you know, Gears and Halo which are sort of taking us three or four sessions mm. I think this is going to take us a lot more it's a lot more there Borderlands yeah. is a bigger game yeah yeah well the story is about as long as you'd expect the story to be but there's a lot more other stuff you yeah. can be doing there's a whole raid in there I remember there's, well, there's like a four man mega boss fight against Cromorax uh, or something oh, at that. the very end I can't remember I, 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 well there you go you're going to have trouble I think I'll ignore that then <laughs> it does not exist <clears throat> yeah it's good um, I wish more games were more co-op-y basically that basic format yeah yeah 
because you know. It, well, isn't that not the way that these sort of pseudo MMO shooter sort of things are going? I mean, I'm thinking of Defiance. I'm thinking of um, the yeah. Division as well. Yeah, but <clears> these games, which sort of theoretically are MMOs, but typically work best, or if at all, but with a, then a group they always tend to have rubbish stories, and it just tends to be set piece <laughs> shooting things. We they moved away from what I like want is the. Triple A first person, well, not necessarily first person shooter, but triple A game mm. experience, mm. single player game experience, which can also be played in co op. And something like The Division blatantly isn't that because The Division is definitely a wannabe MMO uh, structure wise. Well, I don't know. I mean, in the in the old school traditional World of Warcraft or EverQuest sense, it for it, it it's a very bad MMO. It doesn't do that at all. I mean, it's I suppose more of a Guild Wars type experience. It's, it is literally matchmaking for friends with the lobby integrated into the world instead of something like Borderlands Two, which you can matchmake with random strangers on the internet. I'm sure, but the matchmaking all takes place outside yeah. through Steam or whatever. So <clears throat> I think it's functionally the same kind of thing. It's just how, just where does the admin take place? Does it well, happen inside or outside? Yeah, but it does, the game doesn't flow as a game. It, it gets that open world itis to the point where it is far more a open world game. Than, but then a lot of single player games do that as well. Yeah, but even days. those ones are, aren't too bad. Okay, Assassin's Creed is quite bad. It is. <laughs> is this an Ubisoft problem <laughs> more than a, than a general well, yeah, design there, problem? There's a massive Ubisoft problem, but you, know, you don't get that. Open world games are going to go away soon. Because that is just the way of things. They're you going, reckon, to, they're going to get a bit boring. It's like the way the that, shooter yeah. is getting uh, <clears throat> going down in Steam, and it's become open world. Cheaters. I like open world games still. I mean, I can't wait for the next proper Skyrim game. You know, Elder Scrolls Online, whatever. But you know, the Elder Scrolls Six, whatever that turns out to be. Oh, I've got some gossip about. You got some gossip? Oh, good. I'm not going to tell the show. But yeah. that's a that is that's categorically a game I do not want to play with other people. The whole point of Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion, that kind of experience for me is 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 virtual roaming the wilderness on my own and re- almost a meditative reflective thing and yeah there's quests there's there's you know a, some sort of story in there but it's all always a story that's about oh you know when you've got some time could you come and deal with this world shattering apocalypse that's on the horizon but you know take your time come back whenever you like yeah. do a bit of do a bit yeah. of leveling whatever hunting and, and i just love wandering around a well-realized hillside or yeah whatever. i like that too it's just that i'd like and that's not really something i necessarily want co-op for it yeah. wouldn't help. It's not really what I'm after. I quite like co-op for that, just because I'd like to play mm. with people. But... but then, functionally, something like Borderlands Two versus the Division, I don't see a huge difference between there. You get a, you get well, three three or less friends, and you you, you well, go out and do your things. But then, Borderlands Two just has mm. loads more content and feels full and feels like a bigger that's, world. That's more of a, yeah, that's more of a specific studio and design thing, really, rather than genre. But if you're comparing something like the Division to your Halos, your Gears of Wars, your Call of Duties, mm. it's it's a completely different feel of the experience. A lot of it's the tone as well. A lot of these these sort of Tom Clancy's whatever games tend to take themselves very seriously. They do, and that's really not. I'm also, Tom Clancy is really slacking. He doesn't really <laughs> do anything on his games anymore. Get Tom Clancy back in. He can solve everything. So that's the well, zombie Tom Clancy. Wildlands is it? Yeah, that's the thing. That's I've a, heard the other chaps in, on a, Mumble talking about it. I don't that know. apparently is an open world grind fest. Well, it's I, I get the impression it's sort of a cross between the division and Just Cause, but out in the wilds and a lot more serious know. than Just Cause. Serious business, of course. Yeah, because Most Tom Clancy's serious, serious just cause. business. Mm. A lot of slapstick is a lot more serious than Just Cause. <laughs> But I mean, we were we were talking chatting about this the other night on Mumble when we were in the division and stuff, and we were reflecting that Wildlands and and but the division both suffer from serious itis and yeah. and are quite horrific experience. A lot of the reviews I've seen for Wildlands, like I have no idea what the game is. I don't do betas or whatever, and I'm not that interested in buying it myself. But I've seen a lot of you know various various places reviewing it and stuff, and they're all they're all getting quite up in arms about the the whole serious business, and they don't like the way the story is about Americans going into other countries and just toppling regimes because they're the good guys. And so it all gets a bit geopolitical in the reviewing, and a lot of people don't like that side of things. Yeah, you and, can't really avoid it. And I'm just thinking, well, yeah, but that's that's just nonsense pretext isn't it yeah. it's a game where you go in and have fun with guns with your mates you know it doesn't matter which if you take it, doing it it'd still be people going into other countries well if you took any I've hard to find any of the games that we take part in for popular enjoyment that if you took seriously and at face value would would not be horrific should we examine the geopolitics <laughs> of, uh, uh, of uh, Gears a top, of War now topic show and a half there well yeah uh, a series about a war where uh, the humans in an effort to try and win the war blew up their own cities 
there's yeah, there's a lot yeah. of very horrific and and, and, and that game does not take things. itself seriously. That's well, what anyone says that game has a sense of humour, which I don't think a lot of the more modern ones have got. It's like um, uh, um, Homeland thingy. Homeland. That was the one where some sort of American Homeland? Civil War yeah. revolution thing. No, no, going that, on, that was the. Or was it the Koreans invading? That was the Koreans or? invading. Okay. And at one point, you have to hide in a mass grave because somebody oh, thought that would gosh. be a good idea. Press X to cover yourself in the corpses of your loved ones. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well, that's that exactly my point. This stuff is just nonsense. And if you try and take it at all seriously in any capability or respect whatsoever, you'll go stark staring mad and never play a computer game again because very few of them are about jolly paintball fun in in some woods. Where is the, Where is your cutting edge AAA contemporary sh- first person shooter, which is literally paintball in the woods? With There've your been friends? a couple over is that the Splatoon? years. Splatoon. And that's a Splatoon. Bit car- yeah. That's a bit cartoony. Yeah, no, that'd be what Splatoon. What I mean is literally, Splatoon I is one of the most enjoyable games you'll ever play. If I, you want to I hear it's very good. Game, yeah. yeah. But the point being is that I'd love to see an absolutely top-notch AAA, you know, full, full-on first-person shooter type, you know, that you see as the big blockbuster hits coming out every every year and a half, whatever, without you know, without without remorse. I'd love to see one based on you and a bunch of estate agents in a forest with actual paint guns instead of you know, lovingly detailed gun porn M60 light assault guns. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm suffering a bit because I'm playing the Division quite a lot at the moment, but that's a very gun porn game. There's a lot of letters and numbers in there, and and you can tell these are all based on actual military hardware because they've just gone into Lovingly, lovingly detail. Yeah, oh, yeah. look at the look at the authenticity on that M44 hunting carbine. You know, you're just thinking, oh god. I mean, I find myself a little bit dirty and tainted from from uh, getting quite so involved. How in much it. of the audience understands the Trevor and Simon uh, and um, <laughs> rubbing um, rubbing the thighs, Reeves, uh, rubbing the thighs. Yeah. You can't even see that on the screen. No, you can't see it. Uh, I am rubbing my thighs extensively because I'm so excited <laughs> about. Oh, it's almost orgasmic. The uh, the M60. Letting loose with an extended clip. See, I mean that kind of it almost. It becomes a self-parody in a way. Yeah. Who who needs to care about gun specifications in that kind of frightening detail? Military professionals and tactical firearms policemen, and that's about it. Also, the people who make them. People who make them. I suppose it's quite important for them. But you know, for like God knows how many million players of of, of Xbox games, we shouldn't really be getting quite so so thigh-rubbingly excited about the the loving detail and authenticity. You say that, of these but would, guns. You, would you say the same thing about? say uh, representations of tanks or aircraft yes yes i would or cars yes I, I, well, you're not actually in that car if you're that fascinated about that car go and buy a real one or go go to a track day you know one of those you know spend 50 quid and spend a, an afternoon going around a track or whatever for a couple of goes with the point being is that these are computer the games and we should be enjoying the games for the gaming sake and the the the, the dynamics and the, the the hands-on experience of gaming rather than it being some kind of simulation of some some sort of real life experience i don't know i don't know perhaps i'm talking complete cobblers i, I don't know but i've got to remember i'm coming at this from the perspective of a brit who who only ever sees firearms perhaps once every three years when he goes near an airport and then freaks out and panics because the police have them at airports here and that's about it i'm going to london next week i'm going to see an awful lot of guns you see them more and more yeah around around houses of parliament yeah. last time yeah. i was wandering in london the house of parliament they've got them you know they're, all, well, they're you carrying them around you there. have to be and, careful because if the, well, sometimes the mps get out and they have to be taken down quickly, otherwise they start to have scandals. <laughs> the point being is that in my lifetime, I suspect I will see probably less than 50 actual firearms in real life. And that's the sort of context and background... I think that vastly I, underestimating that. I don't know. I don't know. I just guesswork. But yeah. that kind of thing was... I, I imagine were I an, an American citizen, I'd probably have seen a lot more firearms in my real life and perhaps be less freaked out and panicked about them. But anyway, long story short, uh, I'd like to see a really good paintball game where they've got lovingly detailed actual paintball games. Yeah, yeah with a little no gas on the top. Anymore. Paintball's old hat. Is it? It's airsoft now. Well, whatever. And but airsoft is airsoft's... loving gun port for that? making the guns look really realistic. Well, I I've don't never know. quite understood how you can have realistic airsoft guns and not get shot. But the point, I suppose, if you if you don't rate paintball, a really realistic paintball experience as highly as a really realistic Tom Clancy's serious business type experience, if you don't rate them, then surely one is more interesting to you than the other. We like the real gunplay because, what, we actually want to see the sim- simulations of people being killed? Actually seeing heads explode it, in, in, in Raspberry Jam? Or, sniper Elite. Well, exactly. I mean, it, or is, is, that, is there a situation where that 
becomes a sort of legitimate and interesting and, and good experience to go through, where as opposed to a paintball game, which just won't sell because oh, no one cares about getting paint. You're, you're ignoring the you're ignoring the power aspect, it, which is, is the no, whole, no, no, my, no. My, day, my daily life is not uh, ignoring that at yeah, all. That's in, precisely in the my, point. In my daily life, I have absolutely no influence over the world. In this, I can be a member of a crack squad saving the planet. Is it in wealth? Yeah, yeah. I and when all you're doing uh, in Rainbow is slightly annoying uh, estate agents, which I will admit is a worthwhile cause. I get. I play a lot of games where I shoot monsters to death with magic bolts or hit them with big long swords and stuff, and I imagine that's probably quite as horrific as well if yeah. you consider it and think about it too much. Perhaps that's the moral there. Perhaps I think about things too much. I refer everyone to... Don't take any of it seriously, for God's season sake. Season 5 of the latest Black Mirror. I haven't seen the latest uh, episode five of the last latest season. I need to catch up on those. I missed the last couple yeah. of series ever since it went to it's special a, telly. Only one has been on Netflix. Mm. Yeah, uh, season was it season three? Was episode one five. about gaming getting real? No, it, it's about uh, soldering and uh, um, making soldering um, more easier for the soldiers. Uh, okay. Mm. Anyway, I'm I'm rambling extensively. You, you are, talking... which is lucky. No, we need to ramble. <laughs> somebody hasn't played any games. I know. So. I have to fill my bit with with just ruminations so instead what have of action experience. Um, I well, I've been playing a lot of the because I've massively booked out again. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much every night of the week. I'm doing some static group thing or, or a Minecraft video thing or whatever. I mean, good job on the platform, by the way. I logged oh, on. Yeah, yeah. Expanded. Done a bit more. Yeah, done a bit. Of, Were there any done ghasts? a bit of dull? Uh, no, no gas. Well, <laughs> you've solved the rampant. Spawning gas. I've solved the accidental uh, ghast uh, leakage. That was terrifying. So, I think, yeah, I haven't really got much spare time left to be playing my own games in my spare time. So, uh, lots of static group reports and stuff, but we talked about that in previous weeks. But I've been hiking this weekend. Okay. I've been doing that a lot lately. Uh, every, I'm trying to get, since about January, I've been, it's like every fortnight, I've been trying to get out on a Saturday and actually just walk. And it's nothing elaborate. It's not some grand expedition or some huge, like, coast episodes of coast or whatever. Ever. It's it's just I go out my front door and I, I told you if you filmed episodes I could I could sell it <laughs> to Channel Four or, or Channel Five. Yeah, I'm not sure if folks for there want to uh, watch watch me walking for like uh, like four or five hours. But basically, I leave my you front seen door. Any of Tony Robinson's latest shows. I go out my front door and I just walk to the, the next nearest town over or or the next train station over or whatever. Typically, I'll do about ten to fifteen miles on a Saturday. It'll be about four or five hours. Yeah. And, and hopefully, I don't get rained on. And it's just really fascinating I'm <laughs> trying to sell walking to, to, to a curious public but it basically is is surprisingly interesting in, in and of itself I mean I live a life where I commute to work and I, I drive about all over the place to here there and everywhere you just don't see the world in the same way in the car no it's very much like the experience when um, it's quite London Underground stuff. You get you get you go to London, you get your station, you get your train, your underground ticket. You go on the underground in the underground trains there and down the escalators and so on, and you come up somewhere else. And that is an utterly disconnected experience. There was a video going around the other day, um, which a lot of people took to mean that trains are slow. Which was a guy <laughs> getting off tube at one station, yeah. and getting on tube at the next station. Oh, what, walking between tube Running stations? Running between tube stations. Oh, what, and trying to beat the actual yeah. tube? Oh. Because there's several places where it, it's, the uh, line is longer than the... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, you can find actual maps of... Physical maps of the tubes, of where the actual tra- the lines go in relation to actual places. But you, you go down there and you've got this big sort of, you know, the, the schematic map that is essentially a kind of uh, a re- abstract thing that just shows you the relation of stations to each other. It doesn't show you how far or where they are. But the point being is you go down one and you come up the other and you've no idea. You end up with little islands of experience that are disconnected because you don't yeah. know what's in between at all because you've not experienced it. And that's that's similar. It can happen in a similar fashion with cars driving to work and whatever. You sort of sit there and when you're driving... What's in the next village? Yeah, yeah. It's the times when... The signs to the left and right yeah. on your commute. You we know we both drive down the same road which occasionally gets shut. Single laid on each side yeah. occasionally get shot by a crash yeah. and so you end up delving down the side and there's a couple of fantastic villages down there that you just would never know about if you didn't get a bit lost on your way home but your rate time. of experience the detail of your experience is almost inversely relational to the speed through which you're travelling so basically if you're on a motorway going from one town to another you'll do it in about an hour you'll see nothing along the way you'll see just hard shoulders maybe a little chef and that's it yeah. but if you walk from one village to another you see everything along the way you get to nose in people's front gardens you can <laughs> look in their front windows and stuff you know yeah, you, you can poke through with a remote and change their TV <laughs> you get to see all sorts of because oh, I try and go by footpath as well because 
just don't like hiking long roads. No, it's, it's quite I don't fun. like people hiking long roads. Well, it's either. dull and it's dangerous, you know. But because exactly, you're walking along the same road you drive along, yeah. and, and it takes forever. Obviously, much slower. I, I think I get about three to four miles an hour walking. Yeah, on a, on a, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not not racing to get anywhere. And you just see many, so many things. I see I see earthworks and old ruins and yeah. stuff just in fields. Not you know, not, you don't get the big brown signs or anything. They're just there. You know, farmer plows around them, gets on with his life. There's no big fuss. But you see these things. There's got the barrows. Yeah, I see. I see little little private airstrips and stuff that you, off the off the beaten track. Okay, all sorts of things. I, uh, last last, uh, what did I see? Any? I went past a number of Roman ruins on uh, my my most recent. One. I can mean to go back there. I've been there for a while. Yeah, big an old walled town. There's some signs to it. You can visit it if you put your mind to it by car, but it's just on my route and I went yeah. past it. Good stuff. And of course, the exercise benefits of it all. It's not quite as good as the running, but it uh, keeps me in trim. And also, the sort of durability of the feet. My feet are. Uh, you need some good hiking boots and some decent hiking socks um, for that kind of distance stuff. And to put them on in the right order. <laughs> Yes, but uh, I hardly get in blisters at all now. I'm toughening up. See, my, my, this is all part of one of my bucket list items. You see, I want to walk the southwest coastal footpath, which is this big sort of 600 mile long thing that goes all the way around the the Cornwall sticky outy bit of of Britain. It runs from Minehead and Devon all the way around and along the bottom down to to Swanage, Pool Harbour. Yeah. Uh, just near the Isle of Wight, so it's, it's a long old thing. They recommend you do it in eight one-week stretches, um, which you can fit around wow. work, working weeks and you know, the weeks off at work and stuff. But I just not sure you I'm up, weeks off a year. I'm not sure I'm up to the stage where I could walk s- about ten to fifteen miles a day for seven days in a row yet. That's yeah. the thing. That's that's what I'm building up to. That's why I'm trying to get you know trying to walk every weekend, every other weekend at the moment, trying to get that kind of distance. Of course, the Cornish uh, coastal paths are all very up and down. Yeah, and, it's really and, at the mercy that. of weather. As well, so you know, it's, it's trying to build up, and the build, up the, <laughs> build up the, uh, the, the the feet basically, the stamina, as well as the running I've been doing anyway. Yeah. So it's good, I'm enjoying that, and it's just nice just out there on my own with you know, with only my thoughts for company. But despite that, I managed to retain my perilous grip on sanity That's and good. Uh, get there, yeah. and get there in one piece. And then I'll just get the train or the bus back from wherever I end up, go home. Good stuff. Do you always walk to a pub? No, no, I don't, I don't do any drinking, I don't, don't, uh. Don't sit there in the pub all day. That's that's that's, that's precious miles and time I'm, I'm missing. No, so that's what I'm wrong. doing. I mean, it's it's not exactly a, a, an exciting adventure sport. It's just you and your boots and, and the next village or town over. Yeah, but um, yeah. give it a go. Surprising what you'll find. Surprising yeah. what you'll find on the way. Walking, not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> Walking, yeah, that's that's my big thing. That's that's my. That's, that's, that's what achievements? There's no achievements. No. Have no. you been looking for geocaches? I no. I've been. I've, I'm using Google Maps to plot out the route and measure it all on the way back there, so I'm getting some accurate distances and stuff, which is quite useful. And yeah, like I say, about 12 miles on average, and it'll take me about five hours or so. Are you spelling out rude words using your GPS trace? No, no, I haven't even got any Fitbits or anything. Are you doing anything I'm taking my mobile worthy? phone. Eh? You're doing anything meme-worthy? No, no, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an aggressively old-fashioned <laughs> retro hobby that uh, doesn't involve any tech whatsoever. Are you even using a paper map? Uh, yes, yes I am. I'm using the Orange uh, Ordnance Survey Outdoor Leisure series. Yeah, not, not, not the red ones. The red ones are a bit too zoomed out. These, are, yeah. the, the orange ones are much closer in. I think they're uh, a kilometre or to about Two or three they're, centimeters. They're much for walking. Very good. They show all the paths as well, which is good. Yeah. So, and that's that's quite. I don't bother with a compass. Don't I need probably a compass. should. No. Well, you don't. You've got so many landmarks around; it's easy enough to orientate. But well, you if you were your house now. if you were in the middle of the desert or going across moorland or something, you yeah. probably want a compass. But do you know the most efficient way in the easiest? I think my way? phone works as a compass. Yeah. Do you know the easiest way to? Uh, yeah, it doesn't even need a signal. Easiest way to determine which way north is. Uh, is it which side of the tree the moss is growing? No, it's like that though. Is it? Find a house. Yeah. Look at the satellite dish. <laughs> do they all point south? Yeah. Uh, they all point at the same satellite. They all point to the equator because that's where all the satellites are. I sort suppose. of, yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> modern, modern tips to uh, <laughs> to navigate the world. You see, it's all training because I be- I firmly believe we're heading for an apocalyptic future. It won't be a big bang or uh, a nuclear war. It'll actually, be a, because it'll be a, just a slow, gradual collapse of civilization over about fifty years. But eventually, you say that. Yeah. But because of the fact we're recording this one a bit early, it's very possible that the, time the apocalypse you... has happened by the time this goes out. <laughs> by the time you watch this, you're huddling around the remaining charge on your iPhone because there's no more electricity it, well one day we will be reduced to walking between know. towns no, with backpacks I don't think electricity is going away No, in the apocalypse there's going to be enough solar left now to charge your phones and do stuff yeah, you just but, get one of those little chargers for your phone but can you fix the solar? will no. the batteries last? 
no. whatever storage solar. So, solar will basically become a kind of primitive worshipped shrine for a while, and then it'll stop working and the priests will be murdered. That Trevor Bayliss guy can do wind-up mobile phones or something. Wind-up stuff, that's useful, yeah. 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 I got I got wind-up torch. I got wind-up radio yeah. I put batteries in it as well yeah. <laughs> well, I, I decided the wind up talk to be an incredibly good anyway. idea in case of a prolonged power so process. basically I think yeah, the ability to walk from one town to another with a backpack full of small precious things and to be able to deliver news and stuff will be useful going forward so that's what I've been training so how much small precious things are you carrying as part of your training uh, sandwiches mostly that will be valuable in the future I try and travel light I don't even have an anorak well, no, I think if it rains, if it rains, I'm just going to get uh, get soaked. Trench foot. Well, I don't. I, I try and it. I try and pick it so that there's no rain because uh, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the the Met Office's. How website. does that work for you in March in the UK? It works very well. I've missed the rain entirely because I've been keeping up on a moment to moment basis on the uh, Met Office's website. There, you put, you in, your, trust them. put in your your town, and it tells you seven days ahead. Down to the nearest hour, if you're obviously the nearer to the day you're actually going to hike, the more accurate it gets. But uh, so far, I've missed the rain on all of my weeks. It's good. Looking forward to summer. I mean, I've been I was hiking from January, and it was that was that was the weekend it snowed. Oh, snows always. Yeah, so sort of trudging along and there was snow and stuff. I had my uh, my thermal running leggings on under my trousers as well. Just and it was about naught degrees most of the day, but I still had a great day. It was sunny at points. It was nice, but it's going to be really nice in summer. I'm looking forward to doing some of these routes again when it's all green and leaves and stuff. Over the summer, I'm going to go hike along a bit the South Downs. I think. Yeah, yeah, hiking. It's 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 the cool new thing. Get out there. Yeah. Should we talk about games again? Go on then. Uh, I've been playing. Any viewers left? Especially, uh, this is basically an experiment <laughs> to see if anyone will listen. No, sh- not supposed to tell them that. Uh, yeah, I, I was playing a bit of Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, wow. Yeah, talking about old fashioned Yeah, with bits uh, of pursuits. paper and everything. Cardboard, yeah. Yeah, because uh, there's still not been a decent uh, Magic game so in the last the decade. What's the state of the Magic the Gathering scene these days then? Uh, still seems like it usually is. Although, well, are they on about 15th edition now, 28th edition? Oh, they started naming them after the year. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So there's been 2017 editions or something, right? Uh, yeah, there, there, there seems to be two alternate years that are going out, as far as I can tell. One is the actual release, and the next one is a reprint of lots of old sets. Oh wow! So it's all it's all in rebooting now, like films, sort of. Yeah, mm. but yeah, um, I, I got no I got ideas. most of starter packs because I tend to get them every couple of years. And you must have thousands of magic cards by now. Oh, I've got loads. Of magic and I bet you don't limit yourself by what's allowed for tournament rules or not as well. Well, no, because I wouldn't have any magic cards each time I come back to it. Then, because <laughs> do they outlaw every... them all so that you have to buy new ones? Yeah, there's a time you go back far enough and they're outlawed. So yeah, yeah. I think I would only have lands because I'd put you probably not allowed <laughs> to use them. You know, um, magic is still okay. The, the mechanic that appears to have turned up since I was playing it last, or I just didn't see it all last, was planeswalkers. Okay, which are highly powerful characters. Oh, who, sort of hero unit type of yeah. mechanic, is it now? Yeah. So you basically. You put, I thought the whole point of magic, certainly going back like last five years, maybe ten, is that you are a planeswalker, and that's where all these weird creatures are all coming from, all sorts of different dimensions. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But now they exist as actual cards. Yeah. Okay. And, and these decks I've got have them. And so there'll be stuff like... Uh, they basically have health and they're played normally, but they also have these points that you'd be, you pay one th- you play one effect on them and you build up a couple of points to them. And when you get to a large amount of points, you can uh, pay all those points and get a really big effect on So that's them. interesting. So do you, what, do you have that out separately or is that part of your deck? Is that just a it's card? It's part of your deck. Uh, and and is that subject to some sort of limit of rules? So uh, well, four per deck, that sort of thing? I, I don't know. I assume it's a limit of it sounds, four or sounds, one because I've never seen one come out. Sounds, yeah, well, exactly. The whole the whole point of Magic: The Gathering deck construction is you're attempting to beat randomness. Yeah. So you yeah. you have and, a smaller deck as possible, and, and as, far as many can, of the cards. As far you want as I as can tell, with these cards, is they are so laser focused. They are everything that Magic isn't. So if that's and I could be wrong. I could be completely missing this, but I don't see. Why anyone would be playing with them. So your typical magic deck, what, 60 cards, is it? 60, I believe. And you should silly. generally have about a third of those as land, otherwise you can't power anything. So you've got 40 cards, and then you're only allowed four of the same card, yep. because otherwise you just have 40 of the one, the one card you want to use a lot. And those are specific rules. So you, what, have this one hero, and you've got a 1 in 40 chance of it coming out, and if it doesn't yeah, or, come or out... maybe well, if you have four of them, but they're always rare cards, so they're... So, well, yeah, you've got... You, yeah. Oh, yes, let's not talk about how you actually accumulate yeah. <laughs> them, the terrifyingly exploitative p- p- payment model of the whole system, but the... Uh, yeah... So, so you end up basically with a, a deck built around one particular card that may or may not appear during your fight. And, yeah. 
and if it doesn't, you don't win. Yeah. So I, I, I assume that no one's actually using these things sounds, and they're just in the Star Trek. They're very like a bad powerful, way to but go. the other problem is you have to ramp them up over several turns. So you need, not only do you, they have to come out some point during the game so you can use their immense power, you have to get them out pretty much on turn one because you're required to build them up to be yeah. useful. Yeah, four or five <laughs> turns on some of them, I reckon. That's terrible. I, 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 it just seems to run counter to the the whole sort of statistical probability of how the game flow works. I'm not an expert in magic. By no, any stretch, I'm not either. That's the thing. Don't I, get I, it. I, I don't get it. I touch it every three or four years. Mm. I, I was massively into it in what '97. <laughs> I understand. Keep, keep your hand in, but yeah, they keep changing <laughs> yeah. it up. Tempest. I understand Hero. Tempest. That was an expansion. I understand. Hero units in Magic: The Gathering. It sort of yeah. runs counter to how the basic. I could be missing works. something massively here, but it just yeah, seems weird. I mean, that would make a lot of sense if you drew the hero out of the deck and had it on the table at the start of the game. You might do that. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't seen it mentioned because then you play you your normal magic, but your, your hero is essentially a, a sort yeah. of extension of your but, own. No, he has yeah. a cost, so you have to play him. And yeah, mm. well, uh, are you sure you're doing it right? I'm not. Entirely <laughs> sure. But no matter what, I just don't see them working as a well, don't bother, then, useful right? part of this game. Let all these other fools stack up with heroes and just beat them with a with a horde. I bet if I look at the uh, any of the uh, tournaments, no one's using them. Well, yeah, I, I, unless I'm missing something quite fundamental, yeah. it sounds like that's just you're just gimping yourself going for that kind of we thing. We have to do a show on magic. I might okay. have to talk to people who actually uh, still play properly and mm. uh, figure out what's going on. But yeah, my my basic impression of going back to magic briefly was uh, it's changed a bit, and I don't understand a, why. Magic's got you know, a real problem. I mean, okay, so you've got this whole you know terrifyingly exploitative business payment model thing going on anyway. But the game itself, as originally designed by was it Richard Garfield, yep, um, in what eighty something or other, ninety oh. something, or other, very old, very oh, long, long time ago. It's just a really clever and well constructed mathematical construct. It works well with the, the statistics well, and the yeah. probability of it, it all. It wasn't quite as well designed to start with. Okay, you refined get, it you, over the first couple the of releases yeah. and it became incredibly solid. The basic the basic gameplay and the, the core core idea of it all though that you, you you're basically building essentially deck construction and then resource acquisition and spending and attacking and so on and creatures and all that yeah every so often they'll dump some woefully over-designed card in there that totally destroys yeah. everything but that's a that's an individual sort of aberration the overall game itself is a very clever and well-constructed thing i've i've always admired it but i've always been terrified of trying to actually collect any cards because of the way they do it that's why i much prefer the more modern trend of limited collectible yes. card games yes where, stuff but, like uh, Netrunner. Yeah, exactly. Games where you just get a massive box with everything you need in it once, and then you build yeah. whatever you need. Or even games where you construct your deck during play. I think in Dom- Dominion, Dominion specifically, Thunderstone. Th- oh, yeah, need to play those again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and talking of limited uh, card games, uh, Netrunner is getting an interesting expansion. I so. like Netrunner. That's an yeah. interesting asymmetric It's getting a really interesting thing. one, which I think I'm going to play through with uh, Shelley, which is a campaign. Much in the way of a, um, you know, like, like Pandemic Legacy. Oh, God, do you tear cards up and things? I don't know if you tear them up, but you end up and you have to open new, you get to add new cards each game. Yeah. And so you basically go through and uh, the, the game evolves over okay, time. Okay, so sort of persistence. That does seem to be the new trend thing, that Risk Legacy, Risk Pandemic Legacy, legacy yeah. being sort of forerunners. And there's the, the other one, that... the one about the uh, sailing boat things. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but mm. I need to get it. But the idea that between plays of a game, the, the, a persi- a, some, some sort of semi-persistent state happens, yeah. things progress, the game in, improves or it involves or changes Pandemic in response Legacy, to... Pandemic Legacy, another game yeah, we ca- need to do a cam- show on. Campaign game. How would you do a show on Pandemic Legacy? Well, you should definitely... I can't even remember a lot of what went on, to be honest. <laughs> we, well, played, we only yeah, 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 we are embroiled. We're in year two of it. <laughs> embroiled is definitely the word. We're involved in a Pandemic yeah. Legacy but game. Pandemic Legacy is a perfect example of... There is an aspect of this game which unlocks about a quarter of the way through, mm-hmm. which has a thing I really want to tweet about. Mm. And Spoilers. I can never tweet about it because it will ruin somebody's experience of the game because it is a game built on spoilers but, yeah. something happens this thing happens mechanic turns up you get something I can't say what it is well the, yeah I mean the box contains a whole load of sealed 
numbered boxes and a whole load of lettered sort of sealed cards that you sort of open up and until you actually got to that point in the campaign or, or met certain conditions like win so many games in a row or lose so many games in a row or whatever you don't actually know what's coming next and that's a huge part of the appeal yeah. for me they're sort of unknown I think all. I find that if so many games in a row is only lose so many games in a row <laughs> that is the oh my god they really well, suck we're yeah. really close to that aren't we yeah. <laughs> we're back on track for it certainly yeah yeah, yeah so yeah uh, I, but I magic, like, magic, yeah. I, I don't. Is it still satisfying? Is it still you know, appear mag- to be a well constructed thing? As it is, I don't. Is I mean, still, this hero thing strikes yeah. me as a sort of de- design direction. It hasn't come up in any of the games I've played. Yeah, uh, and I'm not entirely sure it will. But it's still an incredibly satisfying, incredibly well designed game. And okay, you know, it's a game where the instructions, the rules for it, are uh, on some of the ones I got just on three uh, about bit of paper that big and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the rest of the rules are on the cards. It's a difficult thing I think Magic. Magic was so essentially perfect or has become essentially so perfect that what do you do to keep it fresh? What do you do to make people buy more stuff? How, know, do, you, how do you jazz it up? I don't the think, addition of hero I don't units think, apparently. I don't but, think they need to worry about that and I don't think they are worrying about that mm. because what happens is there's just a new set comes out yeah. which has new things and people are always going to be saying how can I make my deck better and they're always thinking yeah actually I, I now need that black card something of an that, evolutionary process yeah. that, that black card enables me to do my uh, um, life mecha- uh, shenanigans mechanic better so I'm going to need that card Yeah, and I don't think that any serious magic player buys boosters anymore i think they just buy singles because they know exactly what cards they want from the do they sell singles officially no or is that always just hooky no, people always, ripping it, open boosters and it's always them third parties there, there, yeah. there are uh, companies that do it of course uh, have they ever got to the point where they just get considered the sort of limited card game approach where they sell a big box with known things in or, is, well, or are no, they no, just so are wizards so sort of averse to that because it will just under, fundamentally what, underpin what you the, get is you get, this, you the, get the starters which I, I don't get the uh, boosters because I, I, I'm not allowed to buy the boosters friends for, don't let friends buy boosters yeah, I'm not allowed to buy them for um, <laughs> reasons of therapy you know why you're not allowed to buy them because you buy them in a trade box at a time which is just wrong yeah I do <laughs> that's why I don't buy them uh, so, so you, you end up with these pre-built decks yeah. which are I mean, the first, that's not a bad. The idea. first of the pre-built decks, if I remember back in the day, because I've still got them somewhere, mm. were uh, championship-winning decks. Yeah, but and, and you're buying a known quantity, which yeah. I, I'm totally fine with. It's this, this. I'm going to plonk down fifteen quid or whatever and get like eight cards, and I've no idea what any of them are, or if I've got them already, or if any of the rare ones are any good or what. Just yeah, it's money for. It's essentially lottery scratch cards. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, those I, I don't, like, don't like the mechanic. But the, then you get something like a netrunner come along, and it will be six packs per uh, release, and known cards in them. So yes. you just need to every two months buy them. If you know what you're getting, you can make an informed choice. That's yeah. the important and thing. And you can have everything. But the, again, the problem with that is, after a while, if you get in at the ground, you, if you get in late, there's so much old stuff you have to catch up on, which is why they started deleting out the older series as uh, valid for tournament play. Yeah, I suppose the big challenge with designing a magic card is you have to balance it against every other magic card that's ever existed. <laughs> that's not quite as much of a problem anymore because they've learned how just to start, do it. You just start ruling out entire well, no, expansions. You, you have your type 2, type 3 and type 1 play where it's type 1. Anyway, yeah, where basically it says the these set this uh, window of expansions are valid for uh, 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 tournament play. These are valid for this type of tournament play. If you want to play with everything, then you have to do uh, have this type of game. At the end of the day, it's up to you. You do what you yeah. like. But uh, yeah. Well, I've still got a bunch somewhere of Ice Age cards, mm. which are so far out of being valid. But then again, <laughs> um, something that does happen is there's an actual drift of abilities and new mechanics that come in and mechanics that go out. Mm. I mean, uh, evolutionary. Yeah. A couple of years ago, uh, I got a couple of packs and they had slivers in again. Uh, you know, back in the day, slivers were. I've watched broken. a game with slivers in the hands of someone who knew how to use slivers, and it was terrifying. I think they won in about two turns. Yeah, and so yeah, they all so sort of augment each other, and it's like this massive stacking thing that just were like bam, gone. Like, okay, thanks for playing. I'll go and just cry for yeah, a bit. But if slivers get too powerful, then the next release will probably have something which hits them down a bit, mm. and then in however many years they'll come around again in a slightly less uh, aggressive form and. Yeah, and yeah. So it all works out in the end. Mm. So, yeah, magic is still magic is one of those perfect examples of game design. If you 
Game Master Armchair Game Designer, if you want to see how balance can be maintained over 20 years, mm. then this is a perfect example because they've basically had years upon years of balancing up against uh, 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 various releases where there's been power creep come and go. Must be a never, sort of never-ending task, really. Yeah. And a whole industry in and of itself, designing and balancing and playtesting and such. Yeah. I think that dog's barking at us. <sighs> Yeah, so Magic is still good. I like Magic. Um, I approve greatly, and I just wish that the computer versions or, or console That's versions of Magic like. were better. I'd they're, like a really good computer version. I remember that old Microprose one in the 90s or something. It's like a Windows yeah. 95 version. They, that was a good one. They but. happen still, and they are a bit microtransaction-y. Well, this is it. Uh, they try and bring the uh, the horrors of the, of the business model into the computer yeah. game with it. Well, I, I, I think you'll find that the uh, computer game industry has... Embraced the horrors mm. of the uh, microtransaction model from Magic many years ago, but none mm. of them really are that good. I could go with a really well done non-exploitative collectible card game for for the computer. Yeah, you know? but I have yet to find one. But then I don't really look. A lot of the phone games are that. It seems to be something yeah. that seems. Oh, to go cards on the phone are very fast. What though? And yeah. something like Hearthstone is. Hearthstone, yeah. Well, no, no. Hearthstone, I've never tried it. Probably Hearthstone should. is, and I know I will upset people by saying it, a uh, a simplified idea of a card game. No, compared to something like Magic. With a, a streamlined. Yes, some approach. say streamlined, some say simplified. It does a lot of stuff which are take advantage of the fact that it's actually on a computer. Uh, you know, stuff which is just being practical with normal cards, or at least I did when I was playing it. Cards that transform, that sort of thing. Uh, and but I just uh, every time I play it. Mm. I'm always left thinking I'd be a lot happier playing Magic at this time or I'd be an awful lot happier playing uh, Netrunner Cause I did like Netrunner, Netrunner yeah. I, mean, I did get some championship decks for Netrunner and so yeah we might have to the asymmetry sure. of Netrunner is fascinating you've basically a hacker versus a corporation yeah. they're, they're, they're quite different setups yeah somebody's playing approaches. more defensively and building something up and the other person's attacking that and trying to yeah, get into the yeah. cracks they, they both play quite differently and yet it still seems to as far as we've ever played seems to come up with a reasonably balanced yeah. game which is difficult and, in, and, and fascinating in, a, in an asymmetric game yeah so. Well, we're going to experiment with ramping up the uh, board tabletop and card games on the show, I think, because uh, it's getting warm again, and <laughs> it means it's a lot more fun <laughs> to play. Could sit in this it. room for less for more than an hour at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah and and uh, there's I've got an awful lot that's worth talking about. That's interesting, mm. and I it's interesting to see what board games are doing compared to what. Uh, Computer games are doing because when computer yeah. games seem to be stagnating a bit, maybe board games went a little bit rampant and uh, completely came up with new game types. And then I think there's an awful lot of stuff which is leaking across, especially into things like uh, the mobile phone games. Hmm. The, the yeah, the, the, the collectible card games on mobile phone games owe, owe quite a lot to some of the uh, card games I think at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, Magic, brilliant. Uh, Netrunner even better, although didn't really talk about Netrunner. And um, Hearthstone, not quite as good, but still fun. Thunderstone and Dominion worth looking yeah, for. Yeah, they're definitely. There's some interesting, I saw an interesting starter pack for that, actually, which I didn't actually bother looking at, so I can't <laughs> mention, really. I should have paid more attention to that when I was in the shop yesterday. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, also, um, yeah, more board game stuff on the show, if people want it. <laughs> If not, shout out. If you do, then say yes. Um, Yeah, so that's uh, the other board games I played this this week. Still got nothing new to talk about. Uh, And we're getting near the end of the show, so I think um, I I will avoid the next rant. And wrap it up and say (laughs) you can go to howtomurdertime.com and find all our previous shows, including the old Ran Hemlock podcast. You can go on to YouTube, look at all our videos, look at our uh, Sky Factory series, which um, I've got no idea what's out this week. It's not randomly spawned. Morning ghasts with explosive spit now. No, so that's, that's, that's helpful. That's, that's in a couple of weeks' time, actually. I haven't uh, got spoilers. that, I don't think. Uh, also, uh, la- go listen to last week's talk about... Um, uh, what was the book last week? Uh, Hyperion by Hyperion Dan Simmons. By Dan Simmons. Yes. yes, and uh, uh, then we can have a discussion about that sometime, about um, the overblown nature of science fiction writing. Gosh. Um, actually, there's a, that was a tough gig. There's, there's an interesting topic in there, isn't there? Mm, yeah, there's a Mass Effect angle there. We should have gone with that this show. Uh, yeah, uh, also uh, join us next time when we'll be talking about more games, what we've been playing. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>